this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. In today's episode, we're going to discuss Make It Make Sense. What in the world is going on? So a lot of you already know I'm not into politics. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican because absolutely neither party (laughs) represents my values and thoughts. I'm team Jesus all the way and I just keep it moving. So again, politics are not my jam because neither Democrats or Republicans represent my interests. Quite frankly, both parties are filled with liars and thieves who do nothing but seek to line their own pockets. So now that we got all that out the way, (laughs) when I heard that the Senate approved, and I'm recording this on Friday, May 13th. So again, my goal is to release this on Monday, but who knows what will happen in two days. So again, I heard that the Senate approved $40 billion in aid for Ukraine. And again, that number actually started off at $33 billion and somehow ballooned up to $40 billion. So anyway, the Senate approved $40 billion in aid for Ukraine to help Ukraine in their efforts to defeat Russia. Uh, (laughs) I could not help but feel angry for a variety of reasons, which I'm going to be discussing in this episode. So it's been absolutely fascinating, fascinating to see the outpouring of support and compassion being offered to Ukrainians. Now, our government and several companies throughout the U.S. are donating money, time, resources to aid Ukrainians, yet people fleeing from other dangerous situations that we've seen in the past from other countries that are also seeking a better life for themselves For example, Haiti, any country pretty much in Central America, Africa, the list goes on, are greeted with animosity. (laughs) In fact, last year, Border Patrol was actually uh, got into some hot water because they were charging at Haitians with horses, actual horses, people. Again, I cannot make this up, so be sure to check out the Hustle and Faith website for a lot of the statistics and other content that I'm going to be referencing throughout this episode. So anyway, again, last year, Border Patrol was basically charging at Haitians with horses. And not basically, they actually were. And then we have instances of, uh, you know, our VP was telling uh, folks when they heard about the caravans that were trying to make their way to the Mexican-U.S. border to go home, stay where you are. You know, all, all of this, again, was pretty much directed at black and brown folks that were trying to seek asylum at the Mexican-U.S. border crossing. Meanwhile, (laughs) Ukrainians that have been fortunate to fly and have been fortunate enough to make it to the Mexican-U.S. border crossing in order to seek asylum in the U.S. have been pretty much welcomed with open arms. And in fact, there are numerous accounts of those folks being able to essentially cut in line, if you will, in order to gain the asylum that they seek. Never mind the millions of other people, primarily black and brown folks that were in line first. The Ukrainians have arrived, and so all of the attention must be paid to them. Now, I know 
you all know <laughs> um, deep down why the Ukrainian crisis has been and will continue to be given special treatment. And by the way, again, check out the Hustle and Faith website. Please check out, you know, don't take my word for it. Check out the articles, all the content that I'm referencing throughout today's segment. I am not, and I want to be clear on this, I am not against helping people in need. Anyone who knows me knows that I have a big heart and I go out of my way to help folks in need. Regardless of skin color, Americans, again, regardless of skin color, should help out if we're in a position to do so. Emphasis on if we are in a position to do so. What I am against is the hypocrisy and how America wants to help out other nations when there are folks sitting right here in our own country that need help. I can't help but think about the verse Matthew 7, 5. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If we have $40 billion, okay, $40 billion, then we need to spend it on the following five American problems. First and foremost, our education system is a hot mess, okay? We need to completely overhaul the system from K all the way through up into the higher education system. It should not cost folks an arm and a leg and possibly some other body parts as well, in order to go to school. It is ridiculous how much we pay in taxes, and yet we do not see anything in terms of value when it comes to education. It is ridiculous. You know, and it's it's drilled in us ever since we're little kids, you know, get good grades all throughout high school so you can make it to college and 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 you don't have to uh, work a blue collar job. And, and be honest, a, a lot of us, regardless of, you know, what neighborhood you grew up in and what ethnicity you come from, that has always been the major theme. And that's where we go wrong. Because blue collar and white collar jobs, and again, I've talked about this in a, another podcast, I can't remember the name of the title, but both jobs are very important. Blue collar and white collar jobs are both important. They both have their place within our society. So to downplay or demean one type of position over another is incredibly wrong. Okay? Now, let's say, for example, that you do want to pursue a blue-collar job. Many of the folks who do want to pursue these type of roles oftentimes do not have the funds and the means to pursue going to these type of trade schools and apprenticeships, which is one of the main reasons why many of them do not go to college. And some of them just are not college folks, and there's just nothing wrong with that. But my point is, regardless of what we choose, what path we choose in life, whether it be blue collar or white collar, we need to make sure that we are in a position that regardless of what choice is made, those folks have the opportunity to receive that education. And that's the problem. The cost of education has gotten so astronomical that we are not in a position to afford to better ourselves. So that is where 
and I know you guys know where I'm headed with this, that is where the student loan issue comes into play. Now, student loans are proportionately taken out. <laughs> um, this is no surprise, more so by Black and Latino students. Many of them are not in a position, and myself included, to afford the ability to go after many of those white-collar jobs that many of us wanted to pursue. Therefore, we needed to take out loans in order to make that happen. And I'm really sick of people who are in a position to help trying to pass the buck, trying to you know, really go after this whole bipartisan kumbaya thing, it's never going to happen. Like, be a big boy and make a decision. The only reason that Joe Biden is sitting in the White House is because a lot of the Black and Latino students, they saw, you know, <laughs> they saw what the other alternative was. And that's the only reason that man is sitting there, because he was talking about the issues that would hopefully, um, you know, better their lives, you know, in terms of getting rid of some of that student loan debt. Again. Many folks, myself included, were not in a position to fork over some of the money that is requested, required, not requested, required to go and get that piece of paper. Okay. If here's the thing if companies did not require that little piece of paper, and that would really even the playing field. And it's amazing because a lot of folks are in a position now. Very similar to now our demographic, right? Like Black and Latino students, a lot of white folks aren't being able to afford college too. And so now you're starting to see a lot of corporations looking more towards, um, you know, boot camps such as General Assembly, which, by the way, is one of my favorites. If I were a co- if I were a high school student and couldn't afford college today and I really wanted to pursue um, a white collar position, that is the first place I would go because they've got a lot of different um uh, a lot of different, uh, what do you call it, courses that you can take, and they're quite affordable. And a lot of the big name companies are starting to recruit from places like General Assembly. So, again, I am of the mindset a lot of these folks that took out these loans were only doing so because a lot of these corporations were requiring this magical piece of paper, which <laughs> I'm being sarcastic when I say that because we all know that little piece of paper is only the beginning right? You need to make sure that you've got the ambition and all the, the drive and everything else. And, and quite frankly, um, you know, being able to create your own opportunities, uh, depending upon, again, da, 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 depending upon which demographic you're in, you're going to find out that there's a variety of different barriers that you're going to need to be willing to hop over um, in terms of how far you want to go in your career. And if you are one of those folks that wants a seat at the table, again, I did an episode on that not too long ago, or if you're one of those folks that wants to create your own opportunity. Me, I'm always going to go for the latter. But that is why you've got folks that are in debt, okay? Not because they're sitting out here, you know, trying to avoid going to work, so let me just keep going to school, because there are some folks that are career students. That is not the case, okay? Companies are requiring these degrees and folks are trying to comply with that ability to better themselves by getting that piece of paper. So the folks that are so against, oh no, you know, why are we bailing out these folks with the student loans? I, I tend to know, they, they tend to fall within certain demographics and then this certain mindset. These people are okay with bailing out the airline industry. They're okay with bailing out Wall Street 
But that same compassion is not given towards your average American who is working their butt off to try to pay off their student loans, but they just can't because of the interest. You've got interest and then inflation, and then you're trying to figure out, okay, do I want to eat or do I want to pay off the student loan? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there, you shouldn't have to play these type of mind games in order to make it in this world. Overseas, this whole education student loan thing is is not even an issue. Again, I am so blessed with the opportunity to connect with folks overseas. Again, I've mentioned this in prior episodes. I practice English with a lot of folks overseas. And just seeing the differences in culture and how they approach their education system is mind-boggling. Why we can't figure it out? Actually, you know what? It's not that we can't figure it out. It's that we don't want to actually do the work that we need to do in order to level the playing field. It's as simple as that. If people are so wanting, you know, we always hear, oh, I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. If you want to help, get rid of that student loan debt, okay? Because that is a huge burden on so many Americans. I think the last statistic I heard, the student loan debt is affecting approximately 44 million Americans. And that pause in student loan and having to repay or pay your student loans expires in August. We've proven several times that the government can clearly survive without getting that student loan money back, right? Because where did this $40 billion come from? It's amazing how we can come up with all sorts of excuses to provide aid to the folks that we want to provide aid for and make up excuses to neglect those that are sitting right here that ironically are putting you in the position to provide that aid. That $40 billion, that's our money. (laughs) That is taxpayer money coming from us. So it's incredibly ironic that the money that we have put into this system is going to help out other people when we're sitting right here and need help, right? Another thing, if we're going to use this $40 million, if we're going to provide that for aid and it should be spent right here in America, we've got a major situation in terms of how our economy is going to recover. And what I'm talking about is our job situation, okay? A lot of people, I know there's been so many things made. A lot of people are making a lot of things out about the great reshuffle, the great resignation, you know, and some people are like, oh, you know, all this stimulus money, people don't want to work anymore. No, that's not the case. What it is, is that people have suddenly finally realized that life is too short to continue working for companies that are not going to value their skill set and their drive and determination. That's what that's what the issue is. And so they have decided, hey, if I'm going to be making peanuts to begin with, I might as well take a step back. You know, a lot of these folks, you know, have put their stimulus money and and other funds that they've saved throughout the year to good use. Okay, throughout the pandemic, we all had downtime. So we weren't able to do a lot of those activities that we normally would have done. And so, you know, I did this in a prior episode If you made the most of your window of opportunity, a lot of these folks were saving money, a lot of these folks were gaining new skills, and now it's their chance to shine. That's what's happening, okay? With that said, 
you are seeing a shortage in workers because of two major issues. One, you're seeing a shortage of blue-collar workers because a lot of those folks have been mistreated throughout the years. And, you know, quite frankly, they're they're like, well, you know what, if I'm not going to get the pay that I want, let me go see what the white-collar <laughs> workers are doing. You know, I, I want that flexibility. Not even all the blue-collar folks want to work from home. It's they want that flexibility that a lot of the white-collar workers have been given. And then you have a lot of the white collar workers that are like, you know what? Okay, you're going to make me return to an office where I have to sit here and play office politics when I just want to do my job and go home. Let me just look for a job that allows me to just do my job and work from home. That's where you're seeing all these swaps coming from. And the the shortage in workers that you're seeing is because... It all boils down to the ability of companies that refuse to show employees respect from both fronts, blue collar and white collar workers. So if companies can gain the ability to really respect their employees, you're definitely going to see a change in how the job situation is looking like. But you know what? You're not going to see that. Okay, I I don't have these rose colored glasses on. I just I know for a fact you're not going to see that. So you're just going to have to do (laughs) navigate through this, these crazy times as best as you can, because a lot of these companies continue to reward bad behavior. I think it was the other day I was reading an article. The Moderna CFO (laughs) was literally on the job for one day before he decided to resign, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And he was paid a $700,000 severance package. Imagine that, guys. $700,000 severance package for only working one day. Apparently, what ended up happening was that he was under investigation from another company for some sort of mishandling of their finances or whatnot. But again, this person was rewarded $700,000 for only one day's worth of work. That type of behavior you see throughout the American corporations. That's what you see. It seems like the people at the top continue to get richer while the folks in the middle and towards the bottom, the folks that, quite frankly, are really doing a lot of the heavy lifting and making sure that you even have a company, they continue to you know, be disrespected. And that's why you're seeing this great reshuffle. I, that's why a lot of employees are like, wait a minute. I have more power than what I think. Let me go see what else is out there. Next, if we've got $40 billion, we need to finally address this housing crisis and homelessness situation. You know, one of the main reasons why people go to get an education is so that they can get a good job, so they can go and have a nice place to live. Everyone should have the ability to have a nice place to call home, okay? That's how you get your peace of mind. That's how you are in a position to better yourself and get to know, get to, to have an even deeper relationship with God, quite, quite frankly, because we all need to have some sort of home where we can really rein in our thoughts and better ourselves, right? So it seems like, not seems like, The housing crisis situation is at a point where we've got more demand than we do supply. And so once again, certain demographics are left, (laughs) left, um, 
and kind of just waiting, trying to figure out when is it going to be my shot, you know, trying to figure out when I can get a home. And a lot of that is due to the fact that a lot of folks have student loan debt. It is impossible to try to save for a house, pay rent, pay your bills, and do the student loans. Like, it's just, it, it's it's too much. It's too much. It, it, and for most folks, a lot of us are not in that position to do that. Quite frankly, I wasn't even in that position, okay? And I'm going to be 40 in July. You know, God bless me with a whole lot of different windows of opportunity, and I went through every last one of those. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I'm sitting in my own house right now. I could not imagine right now trying to shoot my shot and go for my first home because, quite frankly, I I, I just, it, it would be extremely, extremely difficult to make that happen especially just working one job and still wanting to have a desire to enjoy your life, it would be very difficult. Again, home prices are soaring. You've got corporations that are buying up houses from folks and and then, you know, causing that to drive up the price. First-time homebuyers, it's just incredibly difficult for them to actually even put down a decent and and I don't even mean, I, I hate to say the word decent, but a down payment that several years ago would have been okay. Now, that's not even going to get you anywhere. So we need to really think about that. And then you still have the issues with redlining. A lot of these banks are still not wanting to provide loans to people of color at the same rate that they would um, white Americans, white or Asian Americans. You're still having that same issue. And this is something that is, you know, that's yet another barrier. Even if you do have the cash to put down the down payment, I need someone that could actually give me a loan, right? So there's a lot of issues that we have in terms of the housing crisis that need to be addressed. And I'm putting in the same vein of thought, homelessness, okay? It is incredibly disheartening and very sad to see a lot of these fancy high rises in the city and then you see all this home all these homeless people literally sitting right in front of these buildings like that's not right and it's not okay you know at least the city has all these supposed programs that are in place to help out the homeless people where is all that money going to i know there's a lot of folks that donate to these charities again this is another reason why i'm against you know sending that much money you never know where the money goes and I know this may sound heartless, but this is one of the main reasons why I do not donate to charities. I donate to people. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to donate to the Red Cross. That's a hot mess. I mean, t- take a look at how much they have mishandled the money <laughs> that has gone to them. But I donate to the people themselves. I prefer donating directly to that person. If I see someone in need, I always give right then and there. Hey, you know, I and I could tell the difference. So I, I know if I'm helping out someone that truly is hungry, I know the difference. Okay. I'm a city girl. <laughs> um, so that that's one of the things that we really need to look into is why can't we turn some of these old buildings, quite frankly, that are just sitting around collecting dust, a lot of those buildings need to be converted into affordable apartments, single room occupancy for the homeless. And, you know, we've got plenty of buildings here. Some of those could be condos for brand new first-time homebuyers. 
We just need to be creative, okay? A lot of these companies want folks to return back to the office. It's just not happening, okay? A lot of, I mean, I've been working from home for years, so I already knew that, you know, my life was already <laughs> headed in that direction. But a lot of other folks are like, oh, this is good. I'm cool with staying at home too. Therefore, you know, a lot of these companies are upset because now they're losing out on all those tax breaks that they used to get. But quite frankly, if they think and open up their mind, you know, you have the opportunity to help out homeless people and get rid of your tax break, if you will, at the same time, you know, because here's the thing, you're not going to continue to get those tax breaks, uh, quite frankly, if a lot of folks aren't going back to work. So somewhere down the line, you're just going to end up losing money. So why not sell those buildings, you know, that office space back to the city, back to the city, and then the city can in turn use that to, you know, create a home for the homeless folks, or they could create homes for first-time home buyers. We've got plenty, plenty, at least in Chicago, we got plenty of buildings that are, you know, empty to half full, okay? There's like no one in, if you look in these high-rises, there's like no one in there. And a little known fact that a lot of people don't even realize is that many of these luxury high-rises are actually owned by foreign nationals, meaning a lot of these folks overseas are just looking for places to hide their money. And guess what? A luxury high-rise building, condo or penthouse or whatever, is one of the easiest ways to do it. So that's one of the things that we could spend our $40 billion on. Another thing is our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is a hot mess. And again, hate to sound like a broken record, certain demographics are going to experience quite a difference in treatment if they need to go to the healthcare system. So again, be sure to check out the Hustle and Faith website in case you want to see more articles about that. But I'm bringing this up because of the recent leak, and I'm using leak in air quotes, of the possibility of the Roe versus Wade um, decision being overturned. And I use leak with air quotes because, quite frankly, it that was meant to get out. We're in election season, so trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that that was not done by accident. I do not believe that the government should be involved in a woman's decision whether or not to carry a child. Okay, that is not a government decision. That is that is a decision between that woman, God, and her doctor. Those three people. That's it. Okay. Now, with that said, I also don't believe that people should be having abortions all willy nilly. The only concerns that I, the only instances in which I believe that a woman should have an abortion, again, not even my choice, but if you're asking me, when do I think that that might be a situation that should occur, I would say in cases of rape, incest, or the woman's life is in danger, okay? Again, this is not a government issue, but it's really disturbing to me that the people making these decisions, and I'm just going to call it the way I see it, are older white men that are trying to impose their thoughts, what they desire, onto a woman that they don't even know, and they definitely do, don't really care, in my opinion, about what her thoughts or needs may be. Because if that were the case, 
they would just stay out of that whole situation. I think this whole Roe versus Wade is mainly about control. That's what I think it is, because I don't understand why all of a sudden we're starting to even have this discussion. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense at all that we are in in some ways turning back the hands of time. And it was really disturbing when I saw a couple of articles that these folks are not even having, uh, certain states aren't even allowing exceptions <laughs> to having abortion. So in certain red states, if you were raped or there is an incest situation, some of these idiots really do feel like you should still carry this child to term. And it's like, wait, what? So there is some concern there, right? Like if if you start messing, again, the federal gov- government should not have any say-so in this whatsoever, but we're going down a slippery slope because then where does it stop? Are you going to say that people can't have birth control? And then, you know, like like the whole slope starts to go even further downhill. I think if people just focused on taking care of themselves, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, you would see a much better world. Again, I know I probably said some things to upset some folks in this episode. It is what it is. But when I hear numbers like $40 billion, you know, and I know how many, I know how I've struggled. I know other folks that are struggling. And I know there are countless folks that are much less fortunate than I am. And I just know that there are a lot more folks struggling out here than there are folks that are well-to-do, if you will. So another thing that we need to work on too is our justice system. It's a complete joke. You've got folks that are just clearly, clearly, clearly misusing the justice system in order to um, finance their own pockets. And that's the one thing that concerns me about a number that big, $40 billion. Like I can't even wrap my head around that, right? Like how do we know it's going to Ukraine? Because I don't trust a single person in that government, you know, but yet and still, this is something that <laughs> the power, the powers that be, those few folks, those few folks in those elite positions get to make that decision, right? Our justice system is definitely in shambles. You've got folks sitting in jail who many, t- <laughs> I mean, we're hearing stories left and right, it seems like, of folks that are finally being proven innocent after being in jail for 20, 30 years. You know, we've got juveniles that have just been discarded. We've got so many young people that are going to jail, and I'm not trying to excuse any of their behavior in any way, shape, or form. But many times, the youth that end up in juvenile detention, a lot of those folks have not even had a good home bringing. They haven't had a chance to really develop themselves and to to, to been given the opportunity to receive a, a good education. They don't have the resources, the finances, just so many things. And instead of us discarding them and just housing them in juvenile detention centers, you know, we need to really start reinvesting in our youth. And you see so many different areas of the justice system, if you will, that would rather just throw away the key, right? And that's not right as well. I mean, we have the funds to change things if we want to 
you know, it's just amazing to me how unfair our justice system is because there are people sitting in jail right now for, you know, issues such as marijuana. And again, I'm not into drugs, not into any of that, but you've got folks sitting in jail for marijuana and now it's legalized in certain states. Like that doesn't make sense. You know, now people are able to actually make a living opening up stores, <laughs> selling this, and you still have folks that can't even get a job because they have the fact that marijuana, whether they sold it or whatever, is on their record. So little things, using air quotes <laughs> when I say that, like that are things that need to be adjusted, you know, before we start throwing out money to other countries. Again, so the five things that I feel that we as Americans need to address before we start helping other folks out. So number one would be our education, our student loan system. That's one point. Second point would be the economy. And I guess you could say our labor, our, our labor situation. And then three would be our housing crisis and homelessness. Four would be our healthcare system. And five would be our justice system. Again, I, I just felt like I wanted to <laughs> do a segment on this. There's so much that I could say, and I, I, I hope I've articulated what I, I felt <laughs> um, as best as I could. But again, because uh, a lot, this is off the cuff. So if we're going to start providing assistance to countries overseas, then we need to be have some sort of uniform way of doing so, because it's not fair to just be providing to uh, aid to countries where, oh, well, they look like me, you know, and then we have all these other black and brown countries that are not receiving assistance because, again, they have not. You know, we even saw a couple years back Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. There was a lot of aid right here in our own country that could have been given, and yet it wasn't. Many, many folks had to kind of fend for themselves. And to this day, you know, I've watched several documentaries, certain areas of that were hardest hit by Hurricane Katrina have yet to be rebuilt. You know, again, I'm not trying to say that we should not provide assistance to other countries. But what I am trying to say is take care of your own first and then you'll be in a better position to help out others. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.